Welcome to episode 27 of Collector's Quest. On this episode, we talk about money. Yeah, we talk about how much money all that gold you've got sitting on your shelf is worth. Nintendo games are expensive. And we break down how and kind of why they're expensive. Not why you have a pile of gold sitting there, but more like what is your cart worth compared to what is a CIB worth? And kind of how these values apply to your collecting and maybe some tips to help you eke out some extra value. So if that sounds awesome to you, that's coming up in just a second. But before we get there, Kat and I ask you, as always, if you enjoy what we're doing, please go ahead and just go to iTunes and give us a quick little review. It doesn't need to be a work of art. You could just say, hey, we appreciate what you're doing. Keep it up. Something just like that. That helps us reach more people and helps the show stay afloat. So thanks again and stay tuned. Oh, one last thing. Sorry. We go over a lot of numbers in this, so I went ahead and I did put the charts that we're basing this off of on my website, GameOverJohnny.com. So if you want to follow along with that, that's where you can go ahead and do that. another episode of collector's quest i'm cat here with johnny hey cat how's it going good it's actually sunny and warm so that means summer's on its way which means yard sales and flea market oh that's that's good news for you or you could just not live in the fort frozen uh you know northeast well it's all right it could be worse <laughs> it could be worse it could be you know there's actually a lot of places i would rather not be than in the frozen tundra i like it cold like Albuquerque, where some of my friends are this weekend, um, you know, just sweating and being miserable. Yeah, pass. I'll take the cold. But anyways, what is going on today? What are we talking about? So we're going to talk about some of the top NES game values, what drives them, what makes them worth what they are, you know, if they collect them CIB or loose, and, and all the little strings that go along with it. Oh, so are are we doing a financial analysis of the, the Nintendo, the NES? Um, well, you might phrase it that way. <laughs> oh, well, I I would because that's what I did. That's what I did this morning was a, a brief analysis of the uh, kind of the top games for the system and uh, the value drivers and uh, the differentials between loose and CIB and what those ratios and um, what component of the of the game makes up the most value, be it the cart or the, you know, box and man. All right, that's fair. I was just trying to lose, uh, you know, I guess phrase it a little bit fluffier. No, I, I, I don't know why. I just want, wanted to step all over your your uh, intro of it. I was just like, you know what? No, I'm going to tell you exactly what I did. Why did I even ask you if I was going to answer it myself? I'm a jerk. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. If you needed to answer it yourself, though, that's fine. Whatever. I, I'm, I was fine with my fluffy answer. Okay, well, what are we not talking about? Because we do have some caveats in this. So what are, what aren't we talking about? Well, of- we're not going to just kind of go through that. These are just our top games, and that's all we're talking about because I think that makes it kind of difficult because there are a lot of games that are reaching into that kind of higher price point. Um, so it's not just going to be a rundown of our top fives. It's going to be a, hopefully a good thing for to look out for, or if there are games you're not sure about, or some games can work out to maybe be a better deal to buy CIB, and if you are interested in just the cart, sell off the components. 
yeah, the, that is something we'll definitely get into. Another thing we're not going to talk about is unlicensed games at all. I, I know all of you out there are screaming about the Pan-Asian games and you, know, you want your hot slots and peekaboo pokers and you want to hear about Caltron and Myriad 6-in-1s and Cheetah Men 2s, but we don't care about those. This is strictly licensed nest plus uh, if it happens to fall in uh, Tengen, even though I know that's like a weird caveat to make since they're mostly unlicensed. But we don't, you know, we're, we're looking at the average collector. If you start to get into this place where you say, oh, well, if you're talking about complete NES and you want to get the price right exactly, then you should talk about, you know, all the the Myriad games and all the Pan-Asian and, you know, Secret Scouts and Bible Buffet. You could go down this road forever. We could say, you know, argue what complete sets are forever and ever. We could talk about, well, if it was a version revision, should we should we look at that? We made it simple on ourselves, okay? Where We cut that out. We also didn't talk about PAL games, because if you were saying every NES game in the world, I guess you would have to include PAL and Japanese exclusives and their differential values. We're not doing that. We're just U.S. licensed set. That's the focus and the, the streaming of our price. That's how we establish these. And I think that's good, too, because if not, our next, like, 20 episodes are going to be all on the same topic if we try and include everything. Yeah, and I I, mean, I really don't want to do that. No, no I, 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 I concur. Yeah, I'm sorry, pal, and Japanese games, I don't care. <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. We have to have some focus, or it just goes on forever. Yeah, so if that is something you are looking for, I will explain to you my research process and you can replicate it and add those in yourself. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Let me kind of walk everyone through this, and maybe I'll, I'll post this chart that I've made. But we're looking at the top NES games, and we're going to talk about what, what the game is, what the price of it looses, what the price of its CIB is, um, and then what that range is, uh, like on eBay, because this that, that loose price and the CIB price, that first column, first two columns, that's all out of price chart. So that was the first place we looked for our information. And then I went to eBay, and that was, I went to eBay literally this morning to check these prices. So the information is current. The price the price guide information is uh, current within a month. So eBay is today. And then I went ahead and I looked at those prices, kind of did a mesh of them, and then I did what I call my true CIB and my true loose price, and then um, what value I think the cart makes up, not think I, you know, did a formula to get that. It's not uh, just my, my emotional draw of how much I feel like a little Samson cart should be worth compared to its CIB, but the actual ratio that establishes that value. Okay. So, and yeah, it's kind of cool to look at because there are certainly some things on there that I didn't think about for what the cart would make up in the total value. So it's kind of interesting to see it all broken down. Yep, and again, I'll post this somewhere either on my site or, you know, I don't know if a picture on Instagram will, will really do it because it's small, but uh, we'll, we'll get it to you if you, will, if you want this. That sounds like a good plan. Let's talk about uh, the first game. Oh, hold on. First game that, that we did strike out stadium events because, look, we all know stadium events is the most expensive game. We also didn't include the Nintendo World Championship Gold or Gray. Stadium events... Range is about $7,500 loose, and then, you know, can be fifteen to twenty to 30000 uh complete and sealed. It depends 
who's buying it and what's going on. Plus, right now, you may have heard that there's a guy who has a bunch of sealed stadium events. He had a box of them. I think there's six. And he is going to be auctioning them soon. That's what he's been threatening on eBay. So the value of that game may may be in flux for a little bit. But we're talking about all these kind of minus at stadium events because it's really kind of hard to pin that one down. As so few sell, the, the price can can skew pretty wildly. But no, it's in that uh, the loose card is about $7,500. And the last, you know, complete ones I saw are about $20,000. Okay, yeah, because we want these to be things that even though some games are getting up there, something that's probably still easily enough able to be tracked down. Right. So that, that sounds like good. What's our first one? Okay, so we're starting off with Little Samson. Yep. And um, do you want to explain kind of um, anything about it that I don't? Because, of course, this is Johnny's chart, so bear with me if I have missed something. He is very, very technical about his charts. Yeah. Um, so Little Samson, um, price charting loose price is about $816, and the complete in box price they have at $2,750. Yeah, which I don't think is correct. No, I think that seems a, a little bit high. And then you've got your eBay range, which is eighteen hundred to two thousand. Yes, and that that's verified sale. Okay, perfect. So what sold recently? And like Johnny said, that was from this morning, so it is accurate. With the complete in box being eighteen hundred and the loose being eight hundred. Yeah, that that's my val. Like we gave you the range, but these again, this is what I really feel like the true value is about eighteen hundred complete, about eight hundred loose. So um, then that cart percentage is what. Right. So your cart there, if you're looking at it, makes up 44% of this value. Um, And that's kind of the range you want to be in, really, if you are a cart-only collector. You don't want a cart, if if you're a cart-only collector, you don't want it to be 90% of the value. Because in that case, then you should be considering whether you should be buying a complete version. Because the box doesn't mean it's 10% of the value if the cart represents... 90%, 90%, you know? So, Kat, if you bought Little Samson, you know, for, um, these are made-up numbers, if you bought it for $1,700 uh, for just the cart, and you see that the CIBs go for 1800 that does not mean a box is $100. That's not how math on games work. Someone's still right. going to sell that box for roughly 40 to 50% of the value of the game, same with the manual. Right. In a lot of cases, it is more expensive to buy a a broken up game than it is a complete game but that does change and that's kind of what these chart these charts will show a little bit yeah and there's a couple things throughout there that kind of made me think that i hadn't thought about before yeah and then like our next game uh, and these are the two big ones it's dinosaur peak and lately dinosaur peak and flintstones have been competing for the one and two slots and their values are pretty much exactly aligned price chart actually says that flintstones cib is 18 1800 but ebay ranges pretty much dead on with where little samson is so 44 percent is the cart value on that one these aren't broken down specifically in in rank order these are just the games we feel like are the top five your little samson flintstones are one and two um but our next one is is power blade cat so talk about power blade a little bit well that's one that's certainly gone up a lot since i got it which surprised me kind of looking at everything for the kind of ebay range being 500 to 700 so you're looking at complete in box for 600 and a loose cart for 275 right and so that again you're we're seeing the card in a good range it's 46 percent, and that's kind of again 
what you expect. That's a good place for it to be. But then our next one is here is where the, the values get tripped up. And these are the ones you have to look for. Donkey Kong Jr. Math. You can get pick up a loose cart of Donkey Kong Jr. Math for about 60 bucks. However, if you want a complete one, it's about $1,100. Yeah, so that's a big jump from previous things. Right. So your cart is only making up 6% of the value. And then I've seen manuals go for fifty to a hundred dollars as well, and that's still not getting you in that like eight to eleven hundred dollar CIB range that this game I feel should be. So if you're looking at this, all of the value of Donkey Kong Jr. Math comes out of the box, like ninety yes. percent of the value or eighty-five percent of the value. So that's something to to be very wary of. If you're a cart collector, that's a big win for you. If you're a CIB collector, that that's a kick in the nuts. Yeah, that's certainly one that you don't want to buy and just probably spend the extra money to buy to break up to save money. It's not like it's that comparable. It's a big difference. Yeah, for sure. And there are other games just like that. And what are the other games that kind of fall into the same category, Kat? Uh, Chubby Cherub, Stack Up, and Squoon. Yeah, and they their values, again, these are all values where the cart makes up less than 20% of the value of a, of a complete. Yeah, Chubby Cherub and Stack Up making up 18 and Scoon making up 19. All a little bit higher than Donkey Kong Jr. Math, but definitely drastically lower than most things. Right. So that that's this range. And you don't want, you know, if you're a CIB collector, you know, these ones that where the card only makes up less than 20% of the value, that's rough. That that feels bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a, uh, a bigger cost to bite off if you're looking for it, CIB. I mean, it's great thing to also look out for, though, if you happen to come across somebody who doesn't know what they have and they do have the box and the cart and the instructions and stuff. True. Um, and then we, you know, we get into other games, um, that have kind of a high value and Bonk's Adventure is one I want to talk about a little bit because the price on this one feels like it's been going up quite a bit. But there's not a lot of good information on Bonks, right? So price chart puts this game at, you know, CIB at about $900 and about $300 for a loose one. I put that range more at $800 for CIB and $400 loose. But that's, the cart there's about 50% of the value. So that's one of these ones where picking up the cart is, you know, pretty good. Because it when, it's, when you get more than half the value or into 60% of the value in the cart, that's good for a CIB collector. You know, they say, okay, well, I'm not spending too much more on just the box and the manual. The, right. These values are more comparable. Yeah, I think that's a, a good point because it is interesting because I hadn't thought about, well, what percentage does the cart really make up? Because that's what I've mainly collected with NES's carts only. So I've never put much thought into it, but it's, it's, there are certainly ones that definitely boggle my mind and certainly ones that are going up in price, which is a, a lot of times affecting how much they are CIB. Right. Uh, another game that falls like pretty much into the same range as Bonk is one of your favorites, and that's Panic Restaurant, right? So that, that's very similar range, except that cart actually makes up 62% of the value there. So we say card is about 400, but sometimes the CIBs go as low as 650. And that might be a case though, like these are things to look at. When a card is taking up that much of the value and we already know it's rare, a CIB might take off in price, uh, because it should be more expensive than that. 62% of a card value, uh, uh, of the value being a card, that's too much. So that might level off where either the price of the card will go down a little bit, 
or the price of the CIB will go up to make a, a truer differential. Yeah, and something to kind of keep in mind if you were thinking of going, you know, CIB, things like these are good things that it might be worth a little bit extra to just buy it complete. Right. And these are, and when you look at numbers like this, and again, we'll post it so you can see, these are differentials for you to take a look at, and you can kind of guess where the value of the hobby is going, you know, unless we hit the, the bubble that everyone talks about and all the prices explode and fall and, and it's chaos and, you know, it's the the Great Depression of video games and people are jumping off roofs. You know, this is, you can kind of look and see trends and, you know, you'll have some indicators of possible CIB values that may increase or cart values that may decrease. Yeah, that sounds like a, a really good way of, of looking at this. That's a very helpful tool. Yeah, sorry, not the most, uh, for collectors, I feel like this is going to be super useful. Uh, not the most interesting thing, granted, uh, being thrown percentages is kind of boring, but if you are someone who is looking at the numbers of games and you are trying to buy on a budget and you need to see how to do it, this will be a good tool for you. Excellent. We have some other games we can run through. Um, there's Zombie Nation is another one that has a high differential. It's like 50% of the value is from the cart. Uh, it's $200 versus CIB, which you can find for $375 ish. Contra Force is another one. The complete in box on this one is $375, but you can pick up a cart for sometimes under $100 or around $100. So the cart is only making up 27%. Yeah, so that's, again, the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, and then, Kat, why don't you tell us about Mighty Final Fight? That's an interesting one. Well, this one, the cart makes up a good portion of the value. It makes up 78%. So for me, even if I was just doing cart only, I might consider buying it CIB, CIB because it's not that much more. Yeah, and another game that is just like that is Chippendale's Rescue Ranger, where you get a complete for around 225, but a card is running you about 150, so the card is representative of 67% of the value. And that's kind of true with some of the other Capcom games as well. So that that's that's pretty interesting that these games kind of fall in that range where this is a game that actually may not be that rare, but you know, things with Capcom games is they're popular. So yeah. really, that kind of indicates to me that people just want to play this game and they're willing to pay for it. And they're not necessarily looking, this isn't people who are just collectors, these are also people who want to actually play the game, who are buying these up, which indicates why the cart value has such a high value compared to a complete. Which is interesting to think of, because there are games that are rare because there are very few of them, and there are games that are harder to find because they're very popular and people don't want to give them up. Right, and they'll just sit in your collection forever, and I feel like... A lot of the Capcom games do that, right? That's, you know, Capcom has a, a high density of games that are very expensive because yeah. some uh, end release games and Taito is the the number one for that, right? And that's your little Samson, your Flintstones, you know, Kickmaster, all these other games. Taito is kind of the most expensive individual publisher on Nintendo. Yeah. And then one other thing to kind of just touch on briefly before we move away from this, is black box games. Black, black box games like that Donkey Kong Jr. map, they can be very expensive, especially if they are mint. Especially on, this is for all Nintendo games, the mintier the box, the more expensive it gets, and same with mint components. But specifically the black box games, that becomes even more so. 
that is something where the condition starts to really drive the value more than anything else. So that's something to just be aware of. And price chart and eBay completes, that's where a hole is in the system. It doesn't take that into account. It doesn't say, oh, well, this game was very complete and super mint. It even had the reg card or the baggies. It doesn't look at it like that. There's no way to look at it. It doesn't say, oh, well, this one's like, uh, if I was to grade it, it'd be like a 9 versus that one which sold, which is a 7. They just say it was complete. It wasn't complete. That's all it looks at. Yeah, so it's something to take into account, too, because the price on how good condition the game is in is really going to be the kind of determining factor. Right. We'll just run through these ones super quick. There's more on our list here, which we'll put out. But carts with values that are really close to the CIB, um, <laughs> this was a funny one. Gemfire. If you look at and this is all just out of price chart. I didn't go to eBay for these. But price chart says that the last loose gem fire sold for $95, but the CIB, a CIB recently sold for $90. Oh so, my goodness. So it's got a uh, ratio of 107%, which doesn't make any sense. Same with Uncharted. It's very similar. It's $64 compared to $65. Swordmaster, they say a loose one is 115 bucks and a complete one is 130. Best of the best, 40 versus 50. Complete uh, Jimmy Connors. That game is, is one to watch, by the way. Uh, it was like $80 for a loose one, but 100 bucks for a complete. So these are ones with where the cart really makes up a high ratio. And we'll post this list too. And here's why this happens, I think. Because in the middle of the Nest library, there's a lot of games that are gaining value and they're kind of rare, but they're, you know, that, that uncommon or very uncommon category. And the values aren't as flushed out. Not as many people are clamoring about them or talking about them. So we kind of have an idea of what the values are, but it's not set in stone. We all know that Little Samson is the most expensive and, and Flintstones. We know those two are duking it out. We know about stadium events. You know about the Capcom games and the Taito stuff. You know about that. But this is the stuff with less, less intrigue about it right now. So this is stuff that can really be affected by, uh, you know, any buddy who is uh, like a big YouTuber or, you know, your angry video game nerds, if they post a video about this game and, or do a review and say you should go play it or make it a hidden gem, these are the ones where the value is really going to shoot through the roof. Uh, so watch that middle ground. Things happened uh, like Jackie Chan was one that that happened to and uh, Bucky O'Hare was one that recently saw a big increase due to this. These are the ones that are kind of in that range. And uh, one, another one of Cat's favorites, uh, Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom. <laughs> uh, that, that's a game where the cart represents about 75% of the value. And that's, I think, just due to a lack of knowledge, not because it should be 75% of the value. No, and that's actually one that I opted for complete as opposed to just the cart because there wasn't a drastic difference, so it didn't make sense to buy just the cart. Right. When you're talking like five bucks, it's like, well, you might as well. And if you are someone who does think about that, if you are a cart-only person, you are the one who really needs to take a look at this because you stand to make the most money. Because you could spend a little more, get it complete, and then sell off those components. Yes. That's kind of that. That's our, our very brief overview. I'm sorry, I'm totally dominating this episode talking numbers here. Uh, my apologies for that. But um, last thing is I, I did a very quick look at what a value of a a nest set would be and this is just off of pricing charts i kind of adjusted their 
stadium events price to a more realistic number than 75,000. I adjusted it to 25, and they're saying a CIB set would cost you around $70,000 for a complete nest set. I don't know if I agree with that, and they say a loose set is about 25,000. So if you were only looking at price chart, uh, video game price guide, that's about what their range is on those sets. Yeah, and that all comes down to the market and, you know, how bad somebody wants something and things like that. So take those into account when you think about those things. Right. I mean, it's always worth what someone's willing to pay, right? Exactly. These are, these are theoretical values. Yes, we have some proof that they have sold at these prices. But again, who's to say if you could move a complete nest set or not? I'm sure you could. Could you move it at that value? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that is a little bit hard to say. Yeah, it, it depends how the market stays, right? Yeah, and it, and like I said, who who has the money that's burning a hole in their pocket and just wants to buy the whole set right off the bat? Right. So I, I feel like for the amount of people who would like to sell off sets like that versus the amount of people who would like to buy a set like that, I don't think those numbers are close to each other. No, I, I tend to agree with that. Okay, so let's get into uh, another another part of the show. Let's kind of move away from that. Let's talk about what we've been playing lately. Okay, that sounds good. Um, for me, um, I've been pretty boring lately. I've been kind of puttering away, playing some Mario Kart on my 2DS. I'm still kind of playing around in Minecraft. Um, I think I like it. I don't know if I like it. I'm still landscaping, nonetheless, and I'm still doing it, so that must mean I like it. <laughs> are, are, you, are you finding the zen rhythm of putting up plants in Minecraft? I think so. I think I'm just after the a long day and I design things for a living, but yet I'm still designing things in a virtual world with these very um, basic looking blocks. But I don't know. I guess I like it. It's got soothing music. Maybe I, I just like that. Maybe it's my, like you said, I get in my zen zone. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I do with pinball because I, yeah. I can't have a game after like a long day, especially a long week. I'm like, I can't embrace a story right now. I just need something that is pretty mindless, uh, yeah. like a Call of Duty or a pinball. I'm not really thinking about anything. I'm just kind of reacting. Yeah, there's nothing to read. There's nothing to do. You can do or not do. It doesn't really matter. I think that's more probably in the end what I like and that I just really don't have to think. And, you know, if I don't like it, I can just tear it down and rebuild it and so i i think it's growing on me but um i don't think it's something that you know i also play with john so i'm like oh i need this go find it like if i had to forage for everything myself i think i would be like no okay yeah lazy gamer yeah i am very lazy in minecraft i like all of the things to just be made and go into a chest and then i like to go and cut down flowers and put them in things get out of here lazy lazy (laughs) That's lazy. about the only game I'm really lazy with, so I'm I'm gonna take it. It's it's my it's my Zen game. Okay. What have I been playing? I've been playing some Uncharted. I know we just talked about how I wasn't playing story games, but I'm replaying through the first Uncharted on the PS4 collection. Uh, I'm very excited about uh, Uncharted 4 coming out. I really loved the first three, so I'm revisiting those in HD right now on my PS4. Awesome. A little bit of pinball here and there, but not as much as I, I like. I'm still waiting on my, my virtual pinball machine. Oh, so you're trying to reserve all of the pinball playing till when that arrives. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that makes sense. And then nobody will see you for X amount of time because you'll be with your pinball machine. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly where I want to be. Okay, well, that's fair. Okay, so uh, what'd you buy? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> 
You bought nothing, huh? I bought nothing. It has been um, a week of no games. Cat. It has to happen. It's not very interesting for our listeners. They want to hear what you bought. You want to I hear know. about rampant consumerism, cat? <laughs> well, they're just going to have to make do because I really do have a whole game room of things that I should actually, you know, probably play. Since oh, there's a good majority in there, I haven't ar- played. That is a nonsense argument. Oh, I have all these games. I have to play them before I buy more. Look, you've got more games than you're ever <laughs> going to play. Me too. So I'm start trouting out that old bat. We don't believe it. That's my excuse for now. <laughs> oh, what a bunch of malarkey. Do not. No, absolutely not. I do not accept. Okay, well, I'm sure you've bought enough for the both of us, so you just tell us what you've bought. Uh, I did buy enough for the both. I bought, I literally had like 50 packages delivered this week, and they are all Super Nintendo games. Well, minus Muppets Pinball, which finally came, and I got a very nice package uh, from Metal Slugger, who sent me a battleship. So for those of you who listen to the show and know that I, when organizing my NES games, found out I did not have a battleship card, and uh, we... We had said, all right, I'm not going to buy it. I won't get this game until it comes to me. Uh, you know, fate will decide. And uh, fate decided because Metal Slugger, just out of the blue, very nice of him. He sent it to me for no good reason other than um, he wanted to be a nice guy. So, hey, man, thanks a lot. I really appreciate that. That's awesome. So, yes, I guess fate did decide and you needed to have it. Yep. So, yeah, got it in the box now and it's, it's looking good in there. Now the Nest set is uh, it's complete except for... You know, my stadium events, which is weird. That's awesome. But yeah, that must feel kind of weird because it's not like it was a game that you couldn't have just gone out and bought. You wanted it to have some sort of meaning when it finished, which is neat. Yeah, it was nice that someone who listened to the show and appreciates it uh, made that happen. So that that makes Battleship very memorable for me. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, like I said, the rest of it is Super Nintendo stuff. I'm getting uh, very close. I, I picked up my three ninjas so that when I posted up my my want thread there on Instagram. People, a couple of people told me, "Good luck getting that three ninjas." Literally two days later, uh, three ninjas was at my house. So, oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess my luck was good. So or bad, considering how much I I spent on three ninjas. Well, good and bad. Yeah, good and bad. I'm 18 games away from a complete Super Nintendo set right now. You're not going to know what to do with yourself. You've got your complete, almost complete, well, complete except for stadium events, NES set, and, and that you're not going to have any idea what to do. Yeah, no, uh, Super Nintendo, we've, we've talked about it, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a little scary when I complete that. I, I don't know what the hell. Well, you're going to walk into the room and you're going to be like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I have a couple ideas. We'll, we'll save them for another show. Oh, sounds good. All right. I know you've been, well, I mean, we kind of touched on what you were playing, but... Uh, Life is Strange at all? No. <laughs> You're never going to play Life is Strange, are you? Uh, maybe someday I will break down and I will just run out of things to play. And then I'll be like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to play this. Or maybe I'll have an epiphany and I'll wake up one day and be like, I have to play this. I don't think you're, I don't think it's ever going to happen. If, I, if it does, you will be the first one to know, I promise. I think you've led me and all <laughs> the listeners astray. You've done us false, cat. I'm never gonna play that Life is Strange. Somebody uh, play Life is Strange. Would somebody please play Life is Strange and talk to me about it? Just anybody. I just want to talk about Life is Strange a little bit. Yeah. So if if somebody could do that and, and talk to Johnny, I would stop hearing about it. I would also really appreciate that. Don't do it for Cat. Do it for me. Okay, fine. Just do it for Johnny, and in the end, that helps me. No, I don't. 
You can't get any value out of this. This is not for you to win. Uh, I don't know if it's winning. It's just a video game. Cat. No. I, mm -mm. I don't know what it is, but I don't like any of it. <laughs> okay, that's fine. You just stay over there and not like it. I will. Then. Fine. Then. I'm crossing my arms. <laughs> okay. Because everybody on the podcast can really see that. Yep. I want you to know I'm pouting heavily and my arms are crossed. So just to reemphasize, somebody please play Life is Strange for Johnny. Yep, that would be great. Anything else you got for the show today, Kat? No, I just think it was kind of something neat to talk about, something that I hadn't put much thought into, but I wish I had have sooner, because it may have affected how I collected a little bit in terms of NES, so definitely a good resource to take a look at. Yeah, it was interesting for me, too, because I, I put games together, like I would buy boxes when I found them, and manuals here and there, and I've, I've kind of assembled, and maybe that was wrong in some cases, and had I had I thought this far ahead, uh, maybe I had done I would have done it a little bit differently. Especially for people now where it's actually games have gotten so much more expensive when you need to eke out that value where you can. Yeah. This might be something that's a good way for you to think about it. Yeah, no, I like it. Yep. Okay. And Kat, where can we find you on Instagram? You can find me at Catsylvania, K A T S E L V A N I A. And you can find me at GameOverJohnny.com, and that's where I'm going to post this chart. And you can also find me on Instagram at Johnny underscore Iucci, and that's J-O-H-N-N-Y underscore I-U-C-C-I. All right, everybody, thanks for listening, and remember, uh, we'll talk to you next week. I don't know what you should remember. Remember to come back. We remember to check the list. Remember to check the list. We miss you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>